It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Miami Hurricanes will beat the Texas A&M Aggies if... You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Opening up this episode to questions from you guys on the matchup between Miami and Texas A&M this Saturday. Strengths, weaknesses, concerns. We got a good one from Steve who says, hey, on a position-by-position basis, how does Miami match up with A&M? What are Miami's weaknesses and strengths? Okay, Steve, I believe the toughest matchup will be Texas A&M's receivers and passing game against Miami's defensive backs. They have super talented receivers. They've got a trio of them. Evan Stewart, who was suspended against Miami last year. Noah Thomas, we didn't see him last year either. And Anaya Smith, who was their top receiver against Miami. Noah Thomas, especially, is going to be a really tough cover. He's six foot six. So for a matchup like that, I think Miami could use a lot of the longer cover corners like Devontae Brown, Jadeus Richard, or even Damari Brown to try and match up with Evan Stewart's length. And he had uh, a superb uh, Noah Thomas's length, I should say. And Noah Thomas and Evan Stewart both had excellent games against New Mexico last week. So that's the first thing that I look at is. You know, assuming Connor Wegman is going to have some time, sometimes to throw the football, you'd like to pressure their quarterback nonstop. But, you know, he's going to have some time, I'm sure, to throw the football. Uh, matching up with Texas A&M's wide receivers is what concerns me most. Uh, and a key matchup, guys, going up against that very, very deep, explosive defensive line that the Aggies bring to the table. Miami's offensive line in pass protection. Miami's O-line in pass pro where, for whatever reason, they didn't grade as well in pass protection as they did in run blocking last week against the other Miami. That's going to be a key matchup because A&M is very deep. Watch out for Shamar Turner, especially as someone who could really hurt the Hurricanes. Now, sticking with Miami's offensive line, which is obviously not a team weakness. They just have a really tough matchup in pass protection. I do think the Hurricanes offensive line can have some success getting some push and running the football. New Mexico did some work running into the teeth of the Texas A&M defense. They're not as good at run stopping as they are when it comes to rushing the passer. And we all know Miami has a really strong interior offensive line. You saw how much success, especially up that left side, you had running behind uh, Matt Lee, the center, who had a fantastic Hurricanes debut. JV on Cohen and Jalen Rivers did a really nice job. And Inez Cooper on the right side is uh, he's gotten so quick now pulling. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, CeCe Maui Noah had a really nice debut. So uh, run blocking, especially I think Miami can have some success getting push, being physical and a big advantage that Miami has being able to rotate fresh legs at running back because you essentially have four starting caliber backs that you can rotate evenly like you did last week in Henry Parrish. A.J. Allen, Mark Fletcher, Don Chaney. 
having running backs of that caliber is a big advantage against any defense you face this year. And I do think this is the type of game where Parrish will probably play a little bit more because just based on his experience, he's probably the guy that they trust most picking up blitzes and pass protection. So I do want to see how that plays out. But when it comes to running the football, you pick your poison. Cheney's on the field. He can score. Parrish, Fletcher, Allen, these guys can all get big gains and score touchdowns. So Miami is really blessed uh, when it comes to run blocking and when it comes to uh, running backs. It's been a really good area of strength so far. And, okay, here's uh, an area that's going to be really important for the Hurricanes to execute because, yeah, based on what I've seen so far from the Hurricanes tackling, obviously just one game, <laughs> all I have to go by is that one game, but – uh, the tackling was so sound last week, especially when you add someone like Kiko Maui Noah in at linebacker and Wes Besaint had a really good game and KJ Cloyd. I think the Hurricanes can have success stopping the Aggies running game. That's not an area of strength for Texas A&M the way that it was last year. They don't have Devon A-Chain in that backfield anymore. So I think the Hurricanes can have some success, have some success slowing down the running game. And yeah, I mentioned it already. You've got to put constant pressure on Connor Wegman, their quarterback, because he looked really good last week, and he's got a lot of weapons to throw the football to. And then for Miami's passing game, the Hurricanes, um, I think it's probably good that we didn't put much on the film downfield for the Aggies to prepare for. Uh, someone like Tyler Harrell stretching the field, I think it's going to be really important in this game. Get a couple deep catches, keep that defense honest. And yes, I do expect Miami to rely also heavily on Colby Young, Xavier Restrepo, and Jacoby George. You know, the, the two deep shots that Miami took last week, Jacoby George was on the receiving end of both of those. And Jacoby had another big catch downfield that was overruled because of a, a Miami holding penalty that people probably forgot about because that didn't stay on the stat sheet because of the penalty. So uh, Miami's receiving core, this is a really, really important game for them. But, folks, the Miami Hurricanes will win this game if they do everything I just said, plus you've got to clean up some issues that you shot yourselves in the foot too much in this matchup last year. Very different Miami team, very different Texas A&M team. So, honestly, there's not a whole lot I can take from last year's game against the Aggies because I think both of these teams have gotten better and both of these teams are very different. But you saw what cost Miami a win up there in College Station last year. The red zone execution was embarrassingly poor. Miami's got to come away with points, specifically touchdowns in the red zone. Shannon Dawson talked about it this week. When you get into the red zone, you'd like to come away with 75 80% touchdowns, right? Miami went four for four scoring in the red zone last week, but two of those were field goals, two of those were touchdowns. You need to come away with touchdowns, and you need to execute in the red zone. And you can't shoot yourselves in the foot with things like costly penalties. And Miami did have too many penalties last week. That was one thing, eight penalties for 60 yards. I didn't like that. And you can't be doing things like muffing punts, throwing bad interceptions, fumbling the football. You know, you had, uh, what was it, a muffed, uh, a muffed return by Tyreek Stevenson last year that really hurt the Canes. You, you can't have any execution problems like that on special teams. Miami can absolutely win this game especially being at home. And you know what, guys? I know the Aggies, they've got the 12th man up there in College Station. Can we try to do that down here, please? Like, can we try to pack Hard Rock Stadium and make some noise, be loud, be wild, be crazy? You know, something, I'm going to stop talking about this. And I know we talked about this a little bit. Bruce Warner brought it up yesterday. Um, the heat and humidity down here, 
it's really hot in Texas, I don't think that's an advantage for us. And, you know, we had like a, a dozen Texas A&M fans in our YouTube mentions like, what are you talking about heat and humid? It's so hot in Texas. Uh, if anything, these guys will be relieved by how cool it is in Miami. That's what all the Aggies fans were saying. So we're not going to talk about heat and humidity anymore. That's that's a wash. Both teams play in very hot and humid climates. But guys, we have so much more we need to talk about on this on this episode of Locked on Canes. We got to talk more about Miami special teams. We have to talk about Tyler Van Dyke and his finger because a lot of folks had questions about that. And the Miami Hurricanes set a pretty cool distinction this past Saturday. No other ACC team did this. We'll tell you about that and so much more. We're only getting started right here on this episode of Locked on Canes. Folks, I am only getting started on eBay Motors, and for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, if you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. I answer one-on-one -on -one questions from you guys on there. You get text messages directly from my phone to yours, give you guys breaking news, recruiting scoops, show previews. Try it free for 14 days by clicking the link in the show description below. And then if you like it, after two weeks, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. We get a question from Jason who says, uh, I think our biggest concern should be Texas A&M's receivers versus our secondary. What do you think is the biggest area of concern? Um, yeah, I, I already answered. I agree. Um, you know, Texas A&M has really talented wide receivers and a really good quarterback. I mean, Miami went up against Max Johnson last year who didn't play well. For Texas A&M, uh, Wegman looks like a completely different animal. Uh, he looks like a guy who, uh, you know, can can buy extra time with his legs, can hit his receivers downfield. Uh, so anytime, first of all, uh, the schematic matchup between Lance Guidry and Bobby Petrino is going to be a chess match on steroids, right? Because, you know, Guidry has essentially been uh, a schematic wizard wherever he's been. You saw how good his Marshall teams were on defense last year. So I'm curious to see what the Hurricanes scheme up. And it's not just about one-on-one -on -one matchups against Texas A&M's receivers. It's about making Connor Wegman uncomfortable, right? 
Akeem Mesidor, Jafari Harvey, who had a really good game last week, Nigelik Kelly. I love the way they're using him because he's so versatile and athletic. This guy can drop into coverage and almost get interceptions. Could this be the game where Ruben Hurricane Bain gets his first collegiate sack? So bring that heat, bring that constant pressure. And Leonard Taylor, we'll talk more about him. He's got to have a big game. So, yeah, it's not only about one-on-one matchups with their receivers. It's about making their quarterback uncomfortable. So that that's what it's going to come down to here. Uh, we get one from our guy, Brett, the firefighter, who says, Hey, Dono, probably one-third of the game that nobody talks about is special teams. I would question, do we have the best players receiving the ball that puts us in the best position to make a big play? I think X is the sure-handed Jimmy Cephalo type, good reference there. But is there somebody that can be the Devin Hester, he says? It appears on kickoff returns that 90% of the balls get into the end zone, so they all come out to the 25. So it seems like the punting game could be our big play potential. Um, Okay. You know, you kind of answered your own question when you talked about the sure-handed thing for Restrepo. I think that's the reason why they trust him most to return punts because, again, guys, I already talked about one of the most important things in this matchup is you can't have mistakes like muffing punts, dropping punts, because that, you know, that's just like a free sun pass lane to score points for the other team when you're doing that. Uh, so that's one of the things that makes uh, Xavier Restrepo, although I didn't like that fair catch that he called for inside the five yard line. I don't know what happened there, but no mental mistakes. Uh, and, and X, I, I think X is more explosive and a better kick returner than people give him credit for. At the same time, at some point this year, maybe even this week, are we going to see someone? You know, like uh, a Tyler Harrell or a Jacoby George or even a Chris Johnson get some opportunities to return kicks and punts, maybe. But I think the reason why Xavier Restrepo gets most reps in that regard is he is one of the most consistent players on the team. Catching passes, catching punts, catching uh, kicks. That's the guy that you trust the most. Uh, But totally, um, special teams, you know, it didn't win or lose you the game last week, although Miami played very well on special teams last week. But in a game like Texas A&M, the margins get so thin. This game could come down to three points in either direction. I like my chances with a Groza Award watch list guy in Andy Borgalis. I trust him to kick. Um, Dylan Joyce did a fine job in his debut punting the football last week. And yeah, if you can, you know, do things like uh, and, and listen, Brashard Smith had a had a big uh, opening kickoff return for forty yards last week that helped set the Hurricanes up, so he could get some special teams work back there as well. Uh, but you are you are correct, Brett, that people don't talk enough about special teams when it's a blowout game like last week. Didn't win or lose you the game. Special teams could win or lose you the game this week, so you've got to keep that tight. Okay, we get one from Dat Dude two three nine. This is an important question, and a few different people were asking this. He says, Dono, I have a question. At times, do you think Tyler Van Dyke holds the ball a little too long, and do you think this week against AM we will see a little more tempo into the offense so we can get the ball in our playmakers' hands fast and into open field? Um, well, Shannon Dawson admitted we saw a very low percentage of the offensive playbook last week, which is good because you were able to basically outmuscle and outman Miami, Ohio without showing Texas A&M too much. Uh, so Shannon Dawson even said that we didn't we didn't use many of our plays last week. And I had a conversation after the game doing the postgame show with Malik Rozier, former Miami Hurricanes quarterback. And, you know, he 
he doesn't know this current playbook, but he told me he estimated Miami probably only used 20, 25% of their playbook last week. But yeah, you know, I think in terms of in terms of Van Dyke, sometimes it does look like he holds the ball for long. Um, you know, I know that that was maybe one of the factors in uh, in him taking hits last year, but the offensive line was also really bad last year. So I, you know, I can only blame TVD for so much of that. Uh, we get another question about Van Dyke from our guy, Big Canes fan, who says, hey, it's pretty obvious. He says the TVD's finger injury does affect him throwing the ball. If you rewatch the game, he couldn't grip the ball to make any quick throws. Most of his passes were floated in, including the interception. How much do you think they are downplaying it? He says, well, OK, I look at it this way. You know, he had the finger taped up last week. People are, are making assumptions about how that affected his zip. And, uh, you know, just how much velocity he could put on the football. Uh, this is something he's obviously been dealing with. He said, you know, he, he took a hit to the hand about a week and a half before the game against Miami, Ohio. But this is something, folks, this is not there's no structural damage. Like there's not anything torn or broken. This is probably like a bad bruise type of situation here. So. Uh, I look at now, by the time the Hurricanes step on the field against AM, you're going to be two and a half, nearly three weeks removed from that hit. I've got to think this is something that time is going to improve for Van Dyke, and that's going to be less of a factor for him this week because, you know, again, the fact that he was out there for three and a half quarters against, you know, an inferior opponent tells you uh, this isn't something the training staff thought there was a significant risk of him re-injuring or further injuring. So I've got to think that the extra time, and I'm sure his practice reps have been done accordingly to not put him at risk, that the extra time is going to be a factor here. And uh, I expect whatever TVD had going on with that finger, contusion, bruise, whatever you want to call it, is going to be, it's going to be in better shape uh, this week than it was last week. All right, we got a question about Leonard Taylor. I want to answer on the other side and uh, a basketball recruit. Miami got a top 40 recruit. Coach L is out there doing some work and Miami football. They did something last week. No other team in the ACC did. We will talk about that and more. You know what you want to do? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Guys, this Friday, we're doing it again from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Locked on's college football kickoff live. I had so much fun on the maiden voyage last week. Me, Kenton Gibbs, Drake Toll. We're on live for two hours right here on this YouTube channel. Uh, for those who uh, watch us on YouTube and every Locked On College YouTube channel, previewing the big games, storylines, uh, college football playoff picture, Heisman picture, game previews coming up. We'll talk about Miami versus Texas A&M. College football kickoff live. It is live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on every Locked On College YouTube channel. And I'm honored to be a part of that show. So you want to make sure you check that out this week. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We get a question from, let's see, who is this? John 
our good friend John, who says, good morning, Dono. I am concerned about Leonard Taylor's conditioning. Can he effectively play 25-plus snaps a game in the trenches? He has the talent, but for me, I want to see if he has that dog in him. Uh, you know, consistency has always been LT's thing. And, you know, we talked to Leonard a couple times before the season started, and he was quick to bring up, I am improving, trying to improve my consistency on the field, my conditioning off the field. I don't know if you guys took it the same way I did, but when Lance Guidry, and we, we posted the video here on Locked on Canes YouTube, when Lance Guidry, Miami's defensive coordinator, talked about Leonard Taylor and still working on his conditioning, I got the sense that part of what he's dealing with could be the injury he had in spring that lingered a little bit into the fall. I think he's still working his way back from something. But at the same time, he hasn't been to this point consistent yet in his collegiate career. Um, so he's got to show you that. Uh, you play every down like it's your last. And then the other thing is no boneheaded penalties, okay? Because you know you can't be costing your team 15 yards for unsportsmanlike whatever you do. Like that – cannot fly in a game like this because guess what we talked about the margins being slimmer every field goal every punt being so much more important every punt and kick return every penalty right you're giving the other team 15 free yards self-inflicted wounds you cannot have stuff like that so uh listen i thought so far <laughs> branson dean has looked like miami's best defensive tackle jared harrison hunt i thought had a really good game last week Leonard Taylor has the highest stealing out of that entire bunch. This has got to be the Leonard Taylor game. This has got to be a game where LT takes over. You remember LT against Virginia last year when basically everybody else on Miami's team stunk last year against Virginia except for Leonard Taylor who had like a million tackles for a loss in that game. You would not have won that game without Leonard Taylor. We need to have a dominant performance like that this week. No question about that. All right, so I appreciate you guys asking us questions. And by the way, those questions that we were answering, they came directly from our subtext community. So if you want to join our SMS texting community, click the link in the show description below to join our subtext. I'm answering one-on-ones on there, giving you guys breaking news, recruiting scoops, all that good stuff. Uh, try it free for 14 days. Then if you like it, opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. And you don't have to opt in. If you don't want to opt in, that's fine. But if you want to get in on that, opt in for $4.99 a month. As far as recruiting goes, uh, at the end of the week, we're going to talk more about the visitors because, um, you know, the list, the list is evolving. Some of the players on the list may, you know, decide they can't come. Others may decide at the last minute to come. Uh, there's a lot of top 2025 players on there, which is really important because, yes, we are already looking into that 2025 class in addition to the 2024 class. But when it comes to the 2024 class, Miami has confirmed Two really important uncommitted visitors. Defensive tackle L.J. McRae from Daytona Beach Mainland High School. Um, he's almost a must-get at this point, right? Considering Miami missed out on, on uh, David Stone, Camarian Franklin, Justin Scott. Like, you've just had bad luck at this point with so many of your defensive tackle targets. L.J. McRae, the staff loves him. They think he's got higher upside than any of those other names that I mentioned. And, you know, it's going to be a big battle there. We know the Florida Gators really want him. So with LJ McCray, this visit is going to be really important. And a tight end who we really like, four-star, who grew up a Miami fan living in Ohio, Tavion Galloway. Tavion Galloway is visiting this weekend as well. Miami does already have a really good tight end committed in this class, Elijah Lofton from Bishop Gorman, who looks awesome. But 
you know Miami wants two tight ends in this class, and Galloway is another four-star, really high level, so you would love to close there if you can. So Tavion Galloway and LJ McRae, a couple of really important class of 2024 visitors this week. So here's uh, what Miami did that no other ACC team did this past weekend. The Hurricanes had the most true freshman snaps by far in the entire conference. 180 snaps for true freshmen against Miami, Ohio. Uh, the team that was next uh, closest in the ACC was Clemson with 152 true freshman snaps. Uh, Miami played a lot of true freshmen this game. Obviously, Francis Malinoa being a starter, number 61, played 61 snaps in the game. Damari Brown had the next most snaps at 22. It's good for Damari to get that experience because guess what? He's someone who could, with his length, he could help you in this game against Texas A&M. Mark Fletcher, who played so well at running back, scored a touchdown, 76 yards. He played 16 snaps. Ray Ray Joseph played 15 snaps. I got to tell you, I look forward so much to Ray Ray's first touchdown in a Miami uniform because you know that's going to be something spectacular. He's going to break some ankles like Henry Parrish broke some ankles last week, but Ray Ray is probably going to break some ankles. He's probably going to bust out of a tackle. I cannot wait for his first uh, Miami touchdown. He played 15 snaps. Reuben Bain played 14. Jaden Wayne played 13. I thought he played well in the fourth quarter. Emery Williams played 10 snaps, and man, did he look good. Quarterback of the future. Uh, defensive tackle Josh Horton played eight snaps. Linebacker Bobby Washington played eight. Tight end Riley Williams, who had a big catch in the game. He looks really good. He played five snaps in the game. Samson Okunlola, the Pancake Concho, played four snaps. Another tight end, Jackson Carver, played two snaps. And a couple of linebackers each played one snap. Raul Popo Aguirre and Malik Bryant played one snap apiece. So that is, I think, what was it, 15 true freshmen who had snaps for Miami? I'm, I'm gonna, I got to count this on my fingers, guys, because I'm terrible at math. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then I think if you include, because uh, Dylan Joyce is considered to be, I, I don't know if he's like 40 the way that uh, Lou Headley was, but Dylan Joyce, I think, is also considered to be a true freshman. So he played uh, as well, not offensive or defense, obviously, but yet I think 15 true freshmen play in the game. Job well done there. And Congratulations to Jim Laranega and the Hurricanes basketball team on the recruiting trail because Miami landed a national top 40 recruit, Austin Swartz, uh, who is a combo guard. This is what my uh, colleague uh, Brian Smith wrote about him at All Hurricanes. Swartz can light it up off the dribble by way of creating his own shot or come off a screen and knock down shots. Powerfully built for a prep player. He announced his decision just a little while ago. This happened yesterday afternoon. The Hurricanes beat out a slew of top programs to win Swartz's commitment. UConn, Indiana, Florida State, Clemson, Georgia, and Virginia Tech were among his finalists, and he decided to come to the University of Miami. So congratulations to Coach L for landing a big one, four-star top 40 recruit in the class of 2024 in basketball. All right, folks, for the everydayers, it's going to be a really busy week still to come. We're going to have later this week crossover episode. Locked on Canes, that's me, and Locked on Aggies, Andrew Stefaniak. We're going to do a, a crossover, talk about the matchups, talk about the keys for both the Aggies and the Hurricanes, why our team could win the game, why our team could lose the game, X-Factor players, predictions, and all that. So you want to stay tuned. Uh, I think that's going to be on Friday, and you know on Thursday we're going to have you guys covered. Uh, in fact, we're going to be talking later today on Wednesday with a few Hurricanes players, including 
Tyler Van Dyke. So I'm sure we'll break that down on our next episode. So thank you so much. If you want to support the show, there's other ways to do that besides signing up for our subtext community. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Even sometimes the porn bots accidentally get followed back. I'm like, ah, it's a spammer. And then I unfollow. But you'll get followed back if you follow us at Locked on Canes. I can promise you that. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, Google, wherever you get your pods, and leave us a five-star rating and review if you can. And if you like to watch the video version, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that thumbs-up button. Hit the like button on this episode. And we will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.